Redskins fans podcast. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Washington Redskins and the Baltimore Ravens. We give our game balls, our kick to the balls, our injury report, signings and cuts, the Haynesworth saga, and much, much more. Live with Aaron and John. Yo, 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 what's up, John? Yo, 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 what's up, Aaron? Welcome. To episode 221, Harry Hog Football. And I bet about now you guys are wondering, where's, where's Josh? Josh? Well, apparently Josh had some deadline that he had to meet at the 11th hour and couldn't do the podcast tonight. Cause he it was bit- more like the 11th hour and 59th minute. And he still had to like take a shower and a dump in the last minute. I called to it. Finish his work. <laughs> so me and John, are, <laughs> we're gonna have to handle this duo tonight, which means we get to cut on Josh the entire time. Dude, it's not like you know in episodes past where we haven't had Josh. Um, I mean, it's not like we've done things like put his voice in where it doesn't. Oh belong. man. Yeah. So it's. It shouldn't be a big deal. I think we'll be able to make it through this time. Yep. So anyway, for, before we go any further, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to David Lee Legal Services and David Lee over there, founder of David in, Lee Legal Services, and Williamsburg, and huge Redskins fan. Sent me an Absolutely. email this week with some footage on Albert Hainsworth's uh, after the game, which I appreciate. What was he doing? Did he did he like tail him to CC's Pizza? <laughs> no, it was like he's like and here and here's Albert Hainsworth on the Albert, Albert, yo Albert. They're like running up to him all TMZ style. The camera's all shaking, and they're like, "Welcome to CC's." No, it was it was like a little YouTube footage of his his uh, post game conference where he was like complaining about having to play in the third quarter. No spa. Oh, we're going to get to that one, folks. Anyway, that, you betcha. <laughs> that's later in the show. Um, first up, we have to talk about this game between the Ravens and the Redskins. and um, The Battle of the Beltway preseason. As you guys know, I couldn't see it until the next day because I do not live in the area, so I had to watch it on NFL Network. And um, I have to say, I listened to it on the radio until I fell asleep during the fourth quarter. I have to admit... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, Aaron and I were texting each other because it was pretty late at night at that point. And we were shooting texts back and forth. And sometime in the fourth quarter, I'd sent like three over. And I was like, I think he's asleep. <laughs> and then I woke so up. I'd sent like three in a row. And then like you sent one in like the second. Like after the two-minute warning, you're just like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I know, because I, like, <laughs> I was like, crap, I fell asleep. Not like anything was Dude. happening. But anyway, I did watch the game the next day. <laughs> and I have to say that the um, first half was not as bad as it sounded on the radio. I saw some good things in the first half. Some bad things, Dude, too. Dude, w- 
Yeah, watching the first half of the game, you know, the Redskins gave up a touchdown, but that was after that fake, uh, the fake kick. Fake punt, yeah. So that, yeah, the fake punt. So that was, uh, that was the special teams that blew that. And then defense had to run right back out there and keep going against what this year is going to be a very high powered Baltimore offense. You just, you, I think we said it last week, you better be ready for him. With Anquan Bolden on that team now, and Flacco being another year older, and I think probably better he's getting through the uh, sophomore slump, so to speak, type of thing. You know, I I think they're going to be really good. I thought the defense really held their own against a pretty good and what is, I think, going to be a really, really, really good offense in the National Football League. And, you know, it's only the second week that they faced live bullets in the 3-4 defense. So I thought I was actually rather encouraged by the defense once they once they got their legs under them again. And it took them less time this week than it did last week to get moving. And I was encouraged by some things in the offense, too. They were able to move the ball. Oh, yeah. And and speaking of that, the Redskins offense only in the second week for them. And they're going up against the dreaded Ravens defense, which is all over the place, 4-3-3-4, it seems. They, you know, they do all sorts of crazy stuff. And they're a stout defense. They usually are. But, and, you know, the defense, especially the way McNabb was playing, where some he would throw, like, five terrible throws in a row and then have, like, one or two really good ones. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, that if that had been a whole game, I think it would have been one of those where he would have, you know, he was battling through, but he could have figured out a way to make to make the right throw and to win the game. Yeah, he's, he's pretty inconsistent, but we've known that. He's always mm-hmm. like that. He'll have like yeah, he, some yeah, brilliant he passes followed by some like ones that we could have made. Yeah, exactly. But you get him out in that open space and let him move around a little bit, and he'll kill you, as we know. Yeah, like he keeps hooking up with Chris Cooley in every single game. That's very encouraging. Because think of this, think of this. If you mm. get if you get um, Santana Moss, who also had a huge game, yes, burning down the field, Anthony Armstrong. And didn't he look? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I interrupted you. You're saying Santana Moss and Anthony Armstrong, number 13? Anthony Armstrong, the other teeny dude who was catching everything thrown his way, burning down the field. Then you have two tight ends, Cooley and Davis, who needs to work on his hands, obviously. But Cooley's been running these, like, deep, like, skinny post routes. Like, Dallas always uses Witten on and... uh Who's that dude they always run that play on in um, New England? Um, dude, he was getting some deep passes to him on third downs, and he was getting open. He was getting really Yeah, open. he was. And so was Santana Moss. Those were encouraging signs. Santana Moss looked like he was having fun. He had to look about him of, dang, so this is what it's like to play with like a really good quarterback. That can, like, which, you know, not hate afraid to bust on to Jason it. Campbell again. Yeah, exactly. Hate to bust on Campbell again, but wow. So he's looking like he's starting to connect with those two guys, especially Anthony Armstrong showing a, a strong showing that he might actually make the team. Yeah, no lie. He sure is playing a lot better than Kelly and uh, Devin Thomas. Dude, I only have one thing to say about Kelly. Malcolm Kelly, go for it. <laughs> There's not enough room for him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's as as they like to say in football parlance and you always hear it on ESPN and everything and you're just like that's a little questionable but he is a he is one heck of a physical specimen he's so damn tall 
He's one of those guys. I mean, if you saw like highlights of the just this last weekend, if you saw highlights of the Lions game, Calvin Johnson just reached up and pulled down a touchdown pass that the DB couldn't even touch because he's so damn tall. So we need us we need us somebody in the wide receiving core that can do that sort of thing. And I don't know. I mean, Kelly's six four, but he's always hurt. He's been hurt ever since he was in college. He's not, I, and I agree exactly. Uh, the only others that are over six foot on the roster, Devin Thomas is six two, Shea Hodge is six two, and Roydell Williams is six zero. And I don't know who of any of those guys is going to make the team. Dude, I don't care how tall you are as long as you can catch the ball. Seriously, yeah, that, it, you, that Armstrong yeah. dude. That Armstrong looked, dude, dude, yeah. It looked like he was catching the ball with like a baseball mitt or something. It was so fluid going into his hands. And even on like that that crappy, that, that long deep pass that he caught in I think the first quarter and he had double coverage on him, or there were three guys around him, and he actually, like, turned and twisted around and had to, like, slow down and come back to catch a poorly underthrown ball. And he made it work. Like, he made it between three guys and pulled that ball in. And, and I mean, the guy, he, he kind of reminds me of Santana Moss in that way, where he gets to the ball, like uh, Steve Smith from Carolina as well. He gets to the ball, and he'll get the ball in his hands. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be able to keep that up because he is showing an awful lot. Yeah, and I hinted last week that we would go over talk about the um, the wide receiver situation right now. Yes, sir. And only judging on these two games and uh, what we've heard about what's been happening in training camp. Yeah. Who do you think will make the team? Wait, first of all, how many wide receivers do you think will keep? And who do you think will make the team? Well, just judging by these comes, two games. Judging by these two games, and and you got to think that you kind of might have a swing position between running backs and wide receivers as far as a return man goes. And I mentioned that because of Brandon Banks, who had one really good return negated by a penalty. But I think, you know, so far it looks like he might make it. He actually had a pretty decent catch in that game too. Oh yeah. He but did. right now, obvious, obviously, we got Santana Moss. I think opposite him, we definitely need Armstrong. Because yeah. dude is fast as lightning. Yeah, so there's just, two. How many are we keeping? a way of getting to the ball. Well, including a return man, if we had a return person. Six. You could go six. You could go six. Um, I'm thinking we're going to have, the way things are shaking out right now, we could have more depletion in the safety core than we do in the wide receiving core. But if we kept six, let's just say five for uh, for to shorten it up for now. Right. Obviously, we're going to have Moss. We're going to have, I think, Anthony Armstrong. I think we definitely will, definitely will keep Joey Galloway for his veteran leadership. Oh, they're, they um, like him too much to cut him anyway. Yeah, and and you carry a fourth, that's Brandon Banks, so that leaves one more between Terrence Austin, Shea Hodge, who... Roy Malcolm Dell Kelly Williams. cut. Roy Dell Williams, Bobby Wade. Devin Thomas. Um, Devin Thomas. Yep. All right. Who are you going to keep? I'm going to keep Devin Thomas, actually. Yeah? Yep. Out of those guys, I would keep Devin Thomas. Out of those guys, he just needs to get his crap together. You, you, yeah, you bat, you bust on Devin Thomas so much, but 
thinking about just uh, again another comparison with uh, um, Malcolm Kelly. Both of them had one strong year in college, their junior years of college, and then they went pro. And before that, they weren't even hardly really starters. Well, in this game, for example, Devin Thomas dropped a pass and then came back and made a nice catch in traffic. It's almost like you have to warm him up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's been like that. He was like that last year, too. He's got to have the ball, like, hit him and fall to the ground and wake him up. Like, you need someone to hit him upside the back of the head before he goes on the field and go, wake up! But the weird thing is, just from us talking, he went from starting at the end of last season to us wondering if he's even going to be the fifth or sixth receiver. Right, and Malcolm Kelly, like, I think you and I have both written him off. What do you think, Josh? What do you think about that? Um, here's what Josh thinks. I called it. I don't think you called it. I, I called I, it. I, 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 I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to have to... to uh, respectfully disagree with that. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, I think, all right, dude, but Roy Dell Williams is interesting, too. He had that really nice move in the first game where he just put on the brakes and turned around. He's had a couple of really strong catches. I think it's going to be, I think this Friday, the game in the, uh, the New Meadowlands against the Jets, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with the receivers. And part of it, it's it's going to suck because we're not going to have our starting quarterback for that game. So everyone's going to have to rely on damn Rex Grossman in, in what is essentially, I think for most of those guys, what is essentially their final test. Yeah. So here's... So, Except for okay. maybe number five or number six on the wide receiving quarterback. All right. So the, so the ones that we're both saying are definitely in are Moss, um, Galloway, Galloway. Armstrong. You're saying he's definitely yeah. in now after those two strong showings? I think, I think they'd be idiots to cut him at this point, as, as well as he's played in the first two games. What about Brandon Banks? I don't know if he's a definite yet, but he's looking pretty I strong. I agree. He had that great – he had the touchdown first game. The second game he had a good return, that was the 24-yard return, I think, that was negated. Yeah. Um, there were this punter, by the way, and I, I don't want to say he didn't, that was all he did, but this punter went something like 33 straight punts without a touchback last season or something. There was some crazy stat, just, just something ridiculous, like 14 games without a touchback that that punter for Baltimore went last year. Yeah. Um, so he's really good at sidelines and dropping it like right on the 10, which we saw at least three examples I can remember from the game against the Ravens. A couple where he had the ball dropping in right about the 10-yard line, and guys would like, they would either call fair catch or they'd try to let it bounce behind him into the end zone, and the ball would just bounce right back. Like, their punter is really good. Like, he's really good at putting the ball where it needs to go, and if he shoot, if he shoots for the middle of the field and the ball lands, it comes back to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Brandon Banks only had one really good chance to run a ball back himself and then it got negated by some you know scrub getting a block in the back no it was a bs penalty dude because i rewound it like five times and they called holding on ryan terrain and huh. i watched ryan terrain did he wasn't even anywhere near anyone and then they was brought, it on, no was it that hit it wasn't on that hit yeah all he did was no it wasn't the hit so that was someone okay. else but ryan terrain yeah. was just I had no idea what they called it on, and I watched it like three times, and I'm like, where's the holding? 
you yet yeah, you know, and we talked about a whole lot of other things during that game too. Ron Winters and his uh, officiating crew are not good anyway. I would call them like the F team or the G team in professional football. Um, and they were really, really bad yeah. in that game. What's the preseason for them too? And and referees are not full time, fully paid like full employees of the National Football League. All those guys have other jobs, and then they they do the football thing during the season. But they're not like full time employees as referees. They don't. That's not what they get to study all off season is making sure they know the rules and everything. Which I think is just atrocious that there aren't guys that that do that. But those guys are definitely in preseason form as well. What What's the guy's name that's with uh, was with Joe Theismann? Uh, it was Mike Patrick. Mike Patrick. Two thirds of the old Sunday Night Football back. Yeah, dude. He kept he was getting annoyed at how many times the Redskins were getting held, especially Arakpo, and they never. Oh called man, it. they didn't call it on yeah. him once the whole game. Yeah, it was it was terrible, and that's yet another example of how I thought the. I thought the team played really rather well against a very strong, you know, playoff team in Baltimore. And, and you know, I, I'm actually a little bit more impressed with the way they played all in all in this game, most of them, than I was in the first game. The first game was just a blowout of a team that we should have blown out. Yeah, which I was mean, nice to see for the first time in like eight years, wasn't it? If that, I mean, in other words, if that was a real game, we probably still would have lost it because of you know, you know, stuff just not going our way. But we wouldn't have been like, man, our team sucks, like we did last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't have been one of those. God, we're terrible. Um, um, things. So yeah, I the whole wide receiver thing. I think. I think uh, we'll see what happens in this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's really going to depend on what happens to this game. And those are those guys, those guys that are on the bubble. They got to rely on Rex Grossman. Devin Thomas needs to step up, and if Malcolm Kelly can actually play, yeah, he's got to rely on Rex Grossman to get him the ball a few times. Malcolm Kelly's got to go out there and just catch like three touchdowns and just destroy people to have any shot. Because yeah. I think his hamstring has been injured longer than it's been healed since he's been with the Redskins. Kind of like your groin, dude. So anyway, there's some, there were some things that sucked about it. Let's not like be all redskins.com about this, talking about how great the team was. Uh, right. First of all, number 27, Larry Johnson. What, do, do, yeah, do we want to just go into kicks and then games to start with that? Mm, excuse me. Okay. It's time for kicks. this week's Kicking the Balls Award. Sweet Kicking the Balls Award is brought to you by Ritapoo. Ritapoo, for all of your septic tank needs when Josh comes to visit. So anyway, um, all right, who does your uh, Kicking the Balls Award go to? Well, the Kicking the Balls for this game, um, Josh sent us a list of who he wants to give his kicks and games to, but since he's not here, he gets to go last, so we have to assign someone else to him because I know we're going to kick these guys. Um, you mind if I go with the obvious one? Go for it. Dude, my kick in the balls goes to damn Larry Johnson. He sucks. He is terrible. Oh my God. It was just like, 
you're just watching him get the ball, and he, you, you see the gaps opening and then closing up, and then he's all like, uh, oh, I missed that one. And he, he was – it was like his feet were in, you know, lead shoes. Yeah, he was pretty horrible, dude. He was terrible. Not only was he bad at running, we saw him bobble that pass when he ran parallel along, I think, the 10 or 15 for whoa, about whoa. eight yards where he was like, whoa, whoa. He was like, oh, Oh, I think it was the oh, five. I think he was only at it like the five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was way down there, and it very easily could have been a pickup in the air and gone the other way type of thing because he just kept dancing with it up in the air without looking. At he the kept ball. looking up the field because he was afraid to get hit. Yeah, basically. Here's what I had to say about that. Yeah, and and I mean, we get spoiled. One thing that Clinton Porters, and you guys that have listened for a long time know that I've really never been a huge Porters fan. But one thing he has been fantastic at is blocking, picking up the blitz, getting the the linebacker that comes in late, things like that. Larry Johnson is like the anti-pick-up-the-blitz guy. I think on the one where, I think on the play where you really saw McNabb start limping afterwards, when I think two guys busted through, it was like they said hike, Larry Johnson looked up, and there were two guys already past him. Not because they were so fast, but because he's so slow. They just ran one to his left and one to his right and went straight. And, I mean, he didn't even try to block either one of them because he, he totally missed them. Like, he wasn't even aware they were there. He's like, oh. And then he turns around after they're already through. Yeah, like, like he didn't even have a chance to, like, juke in one direction or move in one direction and try to, like, just do a glancing blow because sometimes that's all it takes. He didn't. He didn't get to either one of them. So let's see. Well, let he's me... really slow on in running his, his running game. He's really slow. He misses and block. He can't seem to find the gaps. Um, he can't block and he can't catch out of uh, <laughs> swinging out to the flat. So I think he's shown us what he needs to show us in the preseason. Cut. I think that about sums it up. I think I think they need to uh, cut their losses and let him go get arrested for a fifth time. Clinton Portis on so the other hand. So that's my cut. Clinton Portis, kick. on the other hand, had two rushes for a 14 yards. And these were intermixed with the starting Ravens defense along with Larry Johnson. And yeah, the whole exactly. rest of the team, the whole rest of the game only had what? Wait, or did he have 11 yards? I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure the whole rest of the team had like within five yards of what Portis had on two runs. Portis had two rushes for 14 yards. Keelan Williams had two for six. Larry Johnson had eight rushes for four yards with a long of four. So he had one run of four yards. Yeah, basically. Um, and Willie Parker and Terrain only touched the ball once for a very for a little the negative yardage. Yeah, in that game, the the running game got shut down. They didn't run the ball very much, but I think a lot of that was. The defense. Because they're really working. Yeah, and, and they're working on trying to figure out who the wide receivers are going to be. I think it's pretty obvious that we know who the running backs are going to be. Well, especially after we saw how Larry Johnson sucked. God, I can't wait to see Fast Willie Parker actually get some more carries this time around. Fast Willie Parker may take the step up in this game here, and Larry Johnson could be on the bus home. I, w- I would much rather see Fast Willie Parker, who did have a 10-yard catch in this game, uh, I would much rather see him make the team just because he's never been arrested four times or <laughs> once. That is a good that reason. I know of. So right now, I think the running backs should go like this. 
Clinton Portis, who is not only blocking well, but he's got that burst back, it seems to me. Yeah, Larry Johnson was the anti-burst. Yeah. All right, so the running backs, in my opinion, at this point, will be Clinton Portis, followed by Ryan Torrain, followed by Fast Willie Parker with Keelan Williams on the practice squad. It'd be interesting, yeah, interesting to see how they try to do a change, if how that shakes out and how they do a change of pace with the uh, the body types. Oh, yeah, and Larry Johnson. Cut! Cut! All right, well, my kick in the balls award is going to go to, hmm, Hmm, let me see. I'm going to have to give it to... Uh, crap. Fred... Davis. Davis. <laughs> I forgot his last name. For <laughs> I was like, that's an awfully long dramatic pause there. I'm that, like, that, that uh... Was a forgetful, that like, was like a forgetful pause. I'm like, Fred, uh, 86, uh... <laughs> uh Why, that's the pause that refreshes. Here's what was going on in my head. Fred, um, 86, I see him dropping that ball in the end zone, which is why I'm giving him the kick. <laughs> Davis. For dropping the ball in the end zone, dude. Come on, dude. You gotta hold on to that. Yeah. It was right there. Perfectly thrown ball. He zings it to you in the back of the end zone. you got to pull that ball in. Anytime. See, when I first saw it, when I was watching it, I first saw it, I thought the dude knocked it out. Then they showed the replay, and I was like, oh, it, uh, nope, just just dropped it. Dude, if you drop a touchdown, that's an automatic nomination for a kick in the balls award. Yeah, yeah. You at least get nominated. So he's getting that. I almost gave it to— And isn't that an honor just to be nominated? I'm going to give Josh's for him. All right. Because I almost did this. Larry Sellers, dude. I mean, Mike Sellers. Uh, he missed a couple key blocks. He did. And he's looking like he's going downhill a little bit. I know he got injured. And who called it? I don't know who called it. Oh, oh. I know who called it. Uh, Me. I called it. I c- no, Josh, you're wrong. I called it last year. That Mike oh, Sellers man. is looking like he's been going a little bit downhill in the second half of the season last year, and I'm a little concerned because we don't have any real, like, really good backups at fullback or any at all. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about assigning this week by the Redskins in anticipation of Mike maybe, maybe not being out of the matchup on Friday against the Jets. Who? Oh, the Caveman's not playing. He may or may not. We're going to talk about that in the injury report. Oh, okay. Uh, well. And now, the coveted and ever-elusive Game Ball Award. All right, the Game Ball Awards. This week's Game Ball Awards goes to the players that impressed us the most. In this always. preseason matchup. In this preseason debacle. Well, Josh's is going to Rex Grossman. <laughs> no, Josh's is going to uh, John Beck or whoever that third string dude is. We'll, we'll hold on to his in case. Um, Aaron, have you seen his? I saw his. I yeah, his I know picks. who he gave his to. Oh, okay, so because I mean that's a really good one, but if one of us wants to pick it, oh well. Uh-huh. All right, well, go ahead. Looks like yours. you, you should have showed up for the podcast when you were supposed to. Let's see. Well, my game ball, man. 
I may be taking this one from you, Aaron, but my game ball is going to La- No, no, I'm not taking it because we talked about this. I'm going to let you give it to him on this one. i got to pick somebody else. Well, I guess I'm going to pick Santana Moss. Santana Moss looked like he was having more fun than for the he was having the most fun since that time he caught those two late touchdown passes against Dallas on uh in Dallas thrown from Ocho Stinko <laughs> back in the day. What was that like five years ago, four years ago when Brunel threw those touchdown passes to him to win that game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might have been five years. Man, I'm starting to starting to really feel old because that just seemed like it was yesterday. Santana Moss went four for seventy nine in this game, including a long and uh, twenty six. Um, he just looked like he was back. He looked really strong, and the fact that they were able to get the ball to him four times and to Armstrong four times in the first half, despite all the pressure from the Ravens defense, despite. Despite the fact that McNabb was more famine than feast with all with his throwing, like he was really not having a great game throwing the ball with his with accuracy at all, he still got four passes to Santana Moss in that first half, and and Moss just he just looked like he was badass. He looked like someone who can get the ball. He looked like the Moss from three or four years ago who could get the ball no matter where you threw it. Yep. Which is kind of what we were saying earlier, how Anthony Armstrong is reminding us a little bit. He's able to make adjustments on the fly and get to the ball. So Santana Moss had a really good game, and so he's going to get my game ball. Dude, I don't remember who we talked about I was going to give mine to because I thought I was going to give it to Santana Moss. No, you were going defense. Oh, I know who I was giving it to. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I forgot. I'm giving (laughs) mine to number 30, dirty, dirty... What are they called? Dirty thirty. Dirty thirty. Laron, Laron Landry, dude, he was all over the place. He was hitting people. He wasn't sailor diving in. He was making some plays. He caused a fumble. I'm glad to see him back at strong safety because he obviously belongs there. Yeah, obvi- and he was pissing people off on the Ravens because he was getting a lot of extracurricular pushing and shoving, and like you know, not really pushing and shoving, but you know, walk up to and head butt to head butt. Like you need to. You know, you know the manly kind of we're gonna you, you ain't gonna be able to do that stuff much longer kind of thing, and he's just like whatever, and just kept killing people the whole first half. Um, he had a hit near like right out of bounds on one point. A couple guys went talk to him, and he was just like whatever. And that is on top of what you said, Aaron. The fact that he wasn't getting himself in trouble with with late hits. He wasn't going after people late like like pushing and shoving like that. He was just out there. Hitting people and getting back to the huddle, and when people were talking smack to him, he was like, "Whatever, you know." I don't, I, you know, he was doing a great job of blowing that off and not letting people get at him as well, mm-hmm. which is another problem that he's had. So, yeah, great game for him. He was fantastic. His numbers were uh, six tackles, one assist, um, one caused at fumble. Least four, yeah, they didn't, they didn't credit him with that, dude. He caused it all fumble. the way. Totally, Dude, I know, and it's actually it's not in the box score, but that is an error. You are correct because mm-hmm. there is a he did cause that fumble all the way, but apparently they they gave no one the uh, forced fumble hmm. on that. So somebody, some score person, probably from the Ravens, um, someone in Baltimore probably looked at it and said, "Oh, he dropped the you know it wasn't a forced fumble," which whatever we all know watching the game, everyone that saw it knows that he caused that. So. 
Yeah. And uh, so anyway, Josh gives his game ball to London Fletcher, who was all over the field himself as usual. Dude, and he is – London Fletcher is getting thick. Like when you look at him from his shoulder pad pads down to like his knees or like like right above his knees, he's like all one shape. He's like a barrel. And, and you know, I mean, I know he's older and everything, but his body is – he's shaped kind of like the junkyard dog from the WWF back in the 80s. I mean, he's just got this humongous barrel with arms and legs running around out there, and he's still super-duper fast. Dude, he's um, kicking. He he makes every tackle, dude. He's left can't and get right by him. the whole game. Open field, mm-hmm. wherever it is. He doesn't care. He just tackles. That's all he does. I hope, and I hope he can like, hold on. Arak, oh, yeah. Did you see that interview when Arakpo was like, he's a tackling machine. He is. It's got to amaze someone. Like someone his age, Arakpo's just got to be like, man, I hope I can do that when I'm his age because not a lot of guys can. Fletcher was all over the field. If we didn't have him, he's, he's going to be probably the main reason that we're going to be able to start stopping the running game late, which has been a huge problem for the Redskins the last couple years, but especially last year, when teams wanted to shut it down and grind down the defense and do the running game, he's going to be one of the main reasons out there. Not only because he's left to right, he's always in on the play, he he just finds the ball no matter where it goes, but he's also able to lead the guys out there and tell them where to go. So, you know, he, he's just he's just a huge, huge deal on this team. I can't, I can't I, I feel like I can't even describe it enough to say what a loss it would be if you were not in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I guess that uh, wraps up the Game Ball Awards. Uh, Chris Cooley, I got to give a shout out to. Will, we kind of yeah. already did. He pulled in yeah, some third Cooley downs. Yeah, definitely gets a shout out. Um, again, I mean, he was solid. He was solid all the way. Um who else did well for the Redskins? Well, Guano missed his only field goal try that he's had this year. But nah, forty-seven yarder. But he made one earlier. Yeah, that's true. He made the first one, the twenty-five yarder. But that dude, so got, one. that dude booted one out of the back of the end zone on a kickoff. Dude, that's the second game in a row he has been putting the ball deep. It's he's, it's going to be interesting. To he's see been what balling the it deep, do. dude. He uh, <laughs> it's he's. He can kick the ball. It's it's like like you were saying last week. You watch college and you're like, why are they always putting the ball through the end zone? Why can't we do that in the NFL? And you know you, the ball is farther back in the NFL for kickoffs. But there's a few guys that can always boom it into the end zone anyway, and we have not had that guy for a long time. So hopefully uh, Gano can take care of that. Who would have known the dude from the Violent Femmes could kick that far? I know. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So anyway, um, moving on to the injury report, we had a few in this game, which is kind of sucky. Kareem Moore, the biggest, I guess, who was the bright yeah. spot of training camp thus far, even though John hates him. I don't hate him, dude. So you guys keep saying, like lately, since I was I was cracking on him, that I hate him. I don't hate Kareem Moore. I wasn't even really cracking on him, but I do know that ever since he's made the team, every time every time he has a chance to really make a name for himself, whether he's in a game or he's moving up on the depth chart or whatever it is, he gets hurt. He is injury prone. And dude was defending that fake punt 
in the first half, and he went down. He sprained his knee without contact, which is pretty scary. Like no one hit him. He just like like fell. Yeah, well, he sprained his knee, but the word on the street was that he had arthroscopic surgery on it yesterday. It's believed yeah. that he suffered a sprained MCL, but that would be unusual to get surgery on a knee sprain. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to give you more details once that comes out. Uh, injury report starts on Wednesday during the regular season. Um, we don't know for sure what's the deal with him, but that he did have we do know for sure he did have surgery on that knee, and he's out four to six weeks. Four to six, which means possibly for the start of the season, but. More likely, it looks like he's going to be back for the St. Louis game, which we will be at. Yes, sir. Harry Hogg will be representing. We will be on the first row of the club level. We're trying to figure out a uh, an appropriate banner to hang that will be uh, that will be allowed in the Edward Jones Dome. Um, we're thinking Dallas sucks, but we don't want to you know piss off any you know Midwestern values because of the word sucks. But we do know that thirty one teams agree. So they may be all right with that. But, yeah, the biggest deal so far is uh, Kareem Moore is out of that game, or out for a few games, four to six. McNabb is officially out of the game Friday. And he had a walking Um, boot on yesterday. What was the word about him today? Did you hear anything? Today, when practice opened in the afternoon, his left ankle was wrapped up in, in, uh, as well, I guess, in ice. So I take it he didn't practice. wrapped up. He did not practice. Um, the word that I heard on Comcast was that he kind of went in the locker room in the afternoon and pretty much left because he didn't really need to take a shower or anything at that point. Um, he he pretty much went in and grabbed something and went out so he didn't have to ask quest- answer questions. Um, and like like I've been saying, we're really screwed if he's if he's hurt. Oh yeah, and he gets hurt usually for a couple of games every single year, so that could be bad. However, however, try to look on the bright side of things. He got hurt now, whatever the problem is with his ankle. He's hurt now. Maybe he'll have a couple weeks to heal up, and then he'll be ready to go against Dallas on uh, on Sunday night to open the season because you know he's going to be pumped for that game no matter what. Yeah, let's hope so. So let's just hold him out the rest of the preseason and let him go there because, I mean, you know, I already talked about him having, like, the thickest flak jacket I've ever seen in the NFL. So we know he's injury-prone. We know it, so we got to protect him a little bit. So, the, what was the word on the caveman again? Uh, the word on the caveman. Moving on down the list, he he wants to play. He said his uh, he th- they they say it's uh, I guess a knee sprain, but he says uh, he says quote I feel it when he talks about his knee, but that he's getting better and better. Um. Hopefully he'll be in for this Friday, and I hope he's in. And and going back to what we said earlier about him slipping, and this is going back to last year, I think it's been noticeable. I'm hoping that it's something he's going to rebound from because nobody, you know, everyone always pulls for Mike Sellers. Everyone loves the caveman. Great story of coming back from addiction and making his way, you know, second chances, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we'll see what goes on with that. He may play. It wouldn't surprise me if they hold him out and give a couple of guys. Um, um, Daryl Young, perhaps, will probably get the start. And we signed some dude. Who did we sign? We signed some dude named Kerry Davis, who's been with about 17 teams in the NFL already. And uh, there's a rookie named Dennis Morris, but he's the one that works at tight end. And dudes, speaking of Daryl Young... 
he had a couple of pretty damn good plays during that game in the second half. I know it was scrubs on scrubs, but he did come in for Sellers a little bit earlier, and I mean, he was pretty solid. I do have to say, I'm going to be very interested to watch a to di- watch Daryl Young later uh, in this game and and as the season goes along, because he. So you brought up an interesting point though about this Dennis Morris guy. Have we even seen him on the field? Because he's one of our draft picks, is he not? Uh, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> I don't even remember this guy, Dennis Morris. Who? I thought we drafted him. Well, I don't know. Well, anyway, I haven't seen him on the field. If I did, I didn't know it. But anyway, they brought in some dude in light of Kareem Moore getting injured too. Who'd they bring in? I forget. I briefly read it. Dude, you're asking me to look like 5,000 things all the once here. Seriously. Seriously, dude. We don't have Josh to sit here and look up stuff and not listen to us right now. I'm trying to do two <laughs> people's work at once. Uh, we don't have we don't have me to come – we don't have Josh to come back in here and say, well, dude, I was thinking this. Josh, we just said that like two minutes ago. Oh, I was looking something up. Well, anyway, while John's looking that stuff up, what's up with Albert Hainsworth? We're going to talk about that after the break along with this stuff John is looking up. We'll take a break to give him a chance to. So we'll see you guys at the end of the break. Working. Working. Still working. Is someone you love in trouble with the law? Maybe your child or grandchild has been charged with a simple traffic offense, a DUI, or reckless driving. Or a simple misdemeanor, assault, shoplifting, or indecent exposure. Perhaps it's a much more serious felony, murder, drug possession, or distribution, or even a third offense, DUI. Charges like these often leave you asking questions. Who do you turn to for help, and what happens next? The fact is, every case is different, and many require tough choices. Every case is different. To best guide you to the best possible place, you need a seasoned professional. Consider David Lee. He's been practicing criminal and traffic law in the state of Virginia for over a decade and has handled thousands of cases for thousands of clients. David Lee is based in southeastern Virginia, but for the right price, he's ready to travel to any corner of the state, including Ashburn. So if you or someone you love is in trouble with the law, call David Lee today at 757 259 9377. That's 757-259-9377. All right, we're back. John, do you have time to find those answers? Yes. But I'm floating away because I didn't have time to go pee since Josh is in here. I can crank the music back up while you go take a leak. I need I need to pass water. What? I need to pass water. I need to pass water. I've got to make water. All right. I, I, I need to make water. I need to pass water. All right, dudes. Well, let's see. We were talking about some roster 
changes and all the things. And what were we asking here? We were asking. I was asking A, A, is Dennis Morris one of our draft picks? B, have you seen him? Yes, he is. He's a tight end slash fullback out of Louisiana Tech. And have you seen him on the field? Because I haven't. I do not recall seeing him do anything on the field so far. Okay. Next question was who is the dude that we brought in for Kareem Moore? The dude we brought in for Kareem Moore is named Tyrone Carter. Tyrone Carter. Um, is he related to Andre? Um, Andre Carter? Or, or, um, or maybe Linda? Linda or Jimmy? How about Landon? <laughs> Our former roommate. How about um, uh, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Carter, uh, Linda Carter, uh, Brian? Howard Johnson is right. All right, so <laughs> other roster moves that we talked about. We had fullback Kerry Davis, safety Tyrone Carter, our new linebacker Chris Draft got cut to make room for Tyrone Carter. Kerry Davis is uh, filled in the spot vacated by Mike Fury. Wait, Chris Draft's Fury. not new. We had him last year, didn't we? Um, no, that was Gatewood. Yeah, yeah. Chris Draft was signed in the off season. Um, and great name. Uh, it was kind of like that corner from Buffalo. I was like, huh, that corner's name is Corner. Um, yeah. And Mike Fury, the wide receiver. Speaking of wide receivers, I failed to mention this earlier, but he got placed on injured reserve because he has a concussion. It's a hell of a concussion. Um. So those draft and Fury are gone. Tyrone Carter and Kerry Davis are both in. I don't really think we're going to be seeing either one of them on the opening day roster, but you never know. Crazier things have happened. Hey, dude, so that is the uh, the roster changes and moves so far, and the end of the injury report. Speaking of dudes with no. funny names like that, I swear, like a long time ago, like ten or fifteen years ago, I remember no. watching some game and it was like NC State. And there was a dude on there named like Willie Play, and another guy Willie Play, and then there was another guy named like I don't know something Corner too, like Izzy Corner or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who they were, but there were two guys like that on the team. Willie Play was one of them. Willie Play, <laughs> gotta love it. Anyway. Uh, all right, yeah, moving forward. Uh, yeah, hopefully we won't sustain any injuries. We did well the first week, and then the Ravens tore us up. Yeah, lots of, lots of injuries, some more serious than others. Speaking um, of an injury, Albert Hainsworth was sick, and he has some disease. Can you elaborate on that, John? Dudes, Albert Hainsworth has got this disease. Um, he's got this disease thing going on, and no one's really quite sure... Uh, well, no one's really quite sure how to pronounce it. Or, like, when he got it. Yeah, well, last week, remember, like, every day it sounded like a uh, a different thing about Hainsworth. It was like, oh, today he has headaches, and the next day it sounds like he's, uh, he's you know, got this, you know, he's exhausted from heat, um, all this stuff. You never know what it is. But then Hainsworth comes out in the presser after the last... After the preseason game, 
and basically starts airing a little bit of dirty laundry, a little bit. And he's like, I wish the Redskins would say what it is I truly have, what my, my true injury is. He's like, and people are like, well, what is it? And he's like, well, you're going to have to ask them. You know, he brings it up all <laughs> like, he's like, oh man, they're just, they're not even saying what it is. They're just trying to make me sound like a puss in the press because, the, the, you know, <laughs> they need to do that because he's been sounding, you know, he's never sounded like a puss before. So why did he say he has, they have to ask him? <laughs> Well, he's, well, that's the whole thing. It's just like, they're not saying what it is I have. And they're like, well, what do you have? He's like, you'll have to ask them. That's, that's like, like being all coy about it. That'd be like me, like, man, man, I can't do the podcast tonight because, uh, well, well, they're saying that it's because I have a headache. And they'll be like, well, what do you have, Aaron? Why can't you do the podcast? And I'd be like, I don't know. You're going to have to ask Harry Hog football. <laughs> <laughs> what does that which, mean? Which, which fair, you know, one minute he's like, I'm worth a hundred million dollars, and I'm I've been in the league much long long enough that I shouldn't have to play in the third quarter of a preseason game because I'm a prima donna. And the next minute he's all company man, like, oh, you'll have to ask the company what's wrong with me. <laughs> I know. Well, oh, anyway, man. he's got this. He's got this. He says his, oh, he and man. his camp say, oh, there's Josh. He and his camp say he's got this thing called. Rabdomulysis. 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 <laughs> is that a real disease, dude? Or did he make it Rabdomulysis. up? Rabdomulysis. John, it just... is a condition. Did he it's re... marked by the breakdown of skeletal muscle and the release of myoglobin in the bloodstream. Did he make that up and make up a Wikipedia page for it right before the game? Dude, you, <laughs> it's possible. He's made him a hundred million dollars. He probably paid someone else to do it because he's too lazy to think that. Much. And everyone else is like, "Dude, let's go look that up on Wikipedia to see if it's a real it's thing." It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> it is real. I saw it on Wikipedia, dude. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, that's not what the Redskins said because when they were like, "Well, he says he has rhabdomyolysis." And the Redskins were like, uh, number one, what is that? And number two, we've <laughs> never even heard anything about this. We, there, yeah. we, we don't know. Our doctors have not, uh, have not made that decision or nor have we concurred with anyone else on that. So, yeah. And like, uh, they're like, Dr. James Andrews has never even heard of that dude. So I'm pretty sure. It's not <laughs> and he's like, what well, does Dr. James Andrews only work on these or does he work on this stuff too? Well, I bet if you check the Wikipedia page for rhabdomyeliosis. I bet you Dr. James Andrews has a Wikipedia page. He probably does. Well, anyway, here's a quote from uh, the chairman-elect of the National Kidney Foundation uh, Board of Directors, Lin P. Yao. It says, quote, It doesn't happen as often in well-conditioned athletes, but if there's really extreme circumstances, like extremely hot weather, then it could happen when you have large amounts of muscle breakdown. And basically, that's what I've been hearing is something to that effect on Comcast and on ESPN as well. Everyone's kind of like, well, it's 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 kind of like it's like, well, he could have that, but deep down, we all know that he's so full of it <laughs> that it's just coming out hey, of his ears right now. Well, from what they said in that statement, does this prove that he's not a well-conditioned athlete? I think it obviously proves that he's not a well-conditioned. I think the fact, I think when he walks on the field and he can't play more than two or three plays, that he's not a well-conditioned athlete. I think this he's just such a punk. In he's the words such... of, 
In the words of God. Blazing Saddles, dude, I think that this latest stunt just goes to prove that Albert Hainsworth is the leading punk on the team. <laughs> anyway, let's move forward. This thing's going pretty long, even without Josh. Here we go. We got a few more things to uh, uh, talk about here. What was up, dude? Seriously. What was up with them playing Hail to the Redskins after the Ravens touchdown? I have an answer to that. The qu- answer to that question is the guy that does it good said, whoops, I didn't mean to play it. What do you mean the guy? It's a band. Well, the guy, no, no, no. It's There's a video that comes up to it where they play it. Oh, it wasn't the band playing it? Well, or, I guess the band plays along with it still, but they, there's a video that comes up, and I think that's the cue for the band to get into it. It uh, used, dude. It used to be, and a lot of you guys listening know this. It used to be, "Hail the Redskins" was played after a score and at the end of the game, I believe, and that was it. Yeah. And then yeah. in the last couple of years, during the the, the really ridiculous Serato time frame. When it was just going all to hell. <laughs> now they play um, it when the other teams Like, scored. much worse than it was. They were playing it at weird times. And in that game, they played it after an opponent's, um, after an opponent's touchdown. But the, this is from the Washington Post. They, they got an answer on it. Um, quote, only explanation for that is, is double quote, oops, a team official later explained. Quote, our guy made a mistake, pure and simple. And once he started playing the HTTR video, it would have been even more awkward to pull it mid-song. No, it wouldn't have um, been. No, it wouldn't have. <laughs> it was pretty awkward. I was like, what are they doing? They're making yeah. us look like idiots. Yeah, I mean, that was like... that. that uh, I it's don't bad enough, dude. It's bad enough that the cheerleaders are like cheer unbeknownst to what's going on in the field. Like after we get picked off and they're like, go! Redskins. They're like, yay, go Redskins. Go, go, go. Yeah. And, and now you got the whole band playing? Wait, you're not telling me that the band, the Redskins band that we've um, revered for so long is a Millie Vanilli act, are you? No, I am not saying that at all. Um, <laughs> if you go to the Bleacher Report, it probably says that there. Okay. And right. I'm sure that Vinny Serrato probably tried to get it, be like, it would be so much cooler if we just had it canned and played it through the, sim- the system and then had them pretend to play it. Then we could cut the band down to like 10 people and we could sell all those seats. Yeah. So anyway, moving forward, uh, we got a few things to wrap up. Not much time to do it here. Um, yes, all right. What is this thing about Redskins driving without licenses? Basically, a bunch of guys have had some issues lately with – um. Speeding, not speeding tickets, but like, you know, driving without a license. Uh, Fred Davis falsely identified himself to law enforcement. Who knows if he was just like trying not to be known as a famous football player for a speeding ticket. Who who knows? It was him, Malcolm Kelly, um, just crap like that. It's not really that important. Nobody killed anybody. No one ran over anybody. Um, Moving on. Yeah, moving on. This one I want to cut on for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know about this until you told me. The new rule this year is that a play ends when a person's helmet comes off. Are they right. insane? Are they right, insane? Right. Now, 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 you had the same reaction immediately that I did. Um, but, but to talk about it for a bit, new rule, one of the new rules in the NFL this year, if a player's helmet comes off during a play, like if there's a bunch of guys slamming into each other and someone's helmet comes flying off, the play is dead. Period. 
because they're all trying to avoid head injuries, avoid concussions. We know that they can have a disastrous effect on people's lives when they're older and everything. We all know that. It's a big deal. It really is. But are they insane? Like you said, if a player's helmet comes off on the field, they blow the play dead immediately. So here's here's a few it, situations. So right, yeah, so so for example, Aaron, for example, rewind to one week ago. Brandon Banks goes flying past that punter. He just all he can do is look at him. The punter turns around, looks at Brandon Banks at about the 15-yard line and immediately strips his helmet off and throws it down on the field so that Brandon Banks, the play's dead at the 10-yard line. Right, right. Is that is that going to be called? Is it going to be a letter of the law play? Um a more realistic one Say you've got fourth down and goal at the two-yard line, and you're pound, trying to pound it in for the uh, game-winning touchdown. You're down by five. You hand the ball off to Clinton Porters. Mike Sellers in the front. He's lead blocking. He's getting through the gap. And uh, Sellers gets cut down. Someone hits Portis at about you know the one-yard line or so, and they just the two of them just stand each other up. And then another guy hits from the Ravens side, another guy hits from the other side. Um, three or four guys from each team are hitting and slamming into each other here, and they're stuck like right at the one-yard line. And then suddenly the Redskins get momentum. Trent Williams gets behind the pile and like just kind of bulldozes like he's picking up the sled at, at Redskins Park. He's like, Ugh! and starts pushing them, apart, uh, pushing them towards the goal line. And right before the ball you know, breaks the plane, someone from the Ravens reaches over and pulls off a Casey Raybach's helmet. Who's in the middle of the scrum? Is the play dead? Because <laughs> did we lose a touchdown? Because someone on the other team was like, "Well, it's really a crappy, unsportsmanlike thing to do." But if I hit his helmet and knock it off, or I pull the face mask up, or the ear, if I pull the ear part of the helmet up on him and jack it up off his head before his guy scores, the play's automatically dead. It's not a defensive penalty. They don't get another play. It's not like they do a do-over on it. Yeah, it's a you know, it's kind of like in the World Cup where that dude from the uh, from that uh, what, from the Dutch team reached out and hit the ball. No, I'm sorry, from the uh, Uganda, Uruguay, Uruguayan team reached out and touched the uh, hit the ball at the goal line. He wasn't the goalie. He got kicked out. The goal didn't count, and then they had they got a chance for a penalty kick. And 95 percent of the time, that penalty kick goes in, but it doesn't always. Yeah, I don't know how that rule is going to work out. Oh, real quick, I just remembered something. Another reason why I'm giving LeBron Landry the game ball is for that fake injury that the he had. The fake leg injury. <laughs> it looked like someone shot him from the upper deck in the leg. He was like, oh, bam, fell straight to the ground. Now, for those who didn't see it, let me describe it real quick. LeBron Landry's, it looked like his face mask came loose from his helmet, and he realized very quickly he could not run off the field and get another helmet to come on in time. And then he realized he could not get off the field in time for a replacement without getting a too-many-men-on-the-field penalty. This is what I, I, I gleaned from watching the video. So he's running towards, starts running towards the sideline, and he just fell down like someone shot him in the leg and just like took his leg out from under him from the upper deck. It was fantastic. And as soon as the trainers got out to him, you could see him like like he, like he being kind of not too bright. Like, yeah, I'm faking this injury, dude. <laughs> like you can see him laughing about it. And then he like got up and was suddenly all right really quickly and came off the field. I thought that was a uh, it was outstanding. That was it was it was outstanding. The fake leg injury and Aaron, I told you about it on the phone. You were like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Well, Mike Patrick and Joe Thiesman totally missed that it happened because they were too busy like 
listening to each other talk. Oh, Larry, Sonny, and Sam were calling it out. They were pretty hilarious. At least, well, did Larry see it too, or was it just Sonny and Sam? I don't know, but they were all pretty funny about it. Larry. Anyway, that about wraps it up. This game Friday night against the Jets. Rex Grossman at the helm. We'll see what happens. The Jets are going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm just, I'm really worried they're going to come back next week, and I'm going to say, in the words of Josh, I, I called, called it. it. Anyway, that wraps it up. Uh, another shout out to David Lee Legal Services. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, hail to the Redskins, and if you see Cowboys, Yoko. Dick. 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 Dick.